Jesus purchased the church. He created the heavens and the moons and the stars. He created all of creation. He created it from the beginning and the end. But he purchased the church. He shed his blood. Jesus bore stripes and died on a cross and was raised on the third day so that we could be redeemed. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Go there with me. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and starting with verse 20. It says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 21 in the Amplified says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things which are dishonorable, disobedient, sinful, you know, what does that imply? That means that we have to decide we have to cleanse ourselves. Amen. How many know that God's already done his part, but we have to do our part? It says, and he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, set apart for the purpose, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. See, if your vessel isn't clean, then you're not prepared for every good work. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost resides in you. And so you are the vessel in which the Holy Spirit abides in. He actually lives on the inside. Jesus lives on the inside of you. And so you carry around the presence of God wherever you go and whatever you do. Somebody say amen. There is one experience, which is getting saved. That's receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And in that, there is an impartation of the Holy Spirit. He lives on the inside of you. But then there's also a second experience, which we would call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which means that you would be baptized. How many know Jesus is the one that baptizes you in the Holy Spirit? So all of a sudden, you begin to speak with other tongues in a heavenly prayer language. Somebody say amen. Amen. God's blessings are always yes and amen. See, God is not trying to withhold something from us. He's trying to give to us. And I believe that sometimes, many times, we don't receive because we don't take hold of what God has already provided for us. See, there are things that God wants us to understand through his word that he's already provided. But as a vessel, if I don't take a hold of it, if I don't put it inside my vessel, then I can't use what God has given me. If I don't put the word of God in me, the Bible says this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done of my father, which is in heaven. If God's words are not abiding in your vessel, then there are things that you're going to miss out on because you are not abiding in the presence of almighty God. That there are times that when a, when a sickness begins to arise in your body, when something begins to stir in your life, then all of a sudden the moment that a sickness occurs, the moment that a symptom arises, then you ought to begin to stand on the word of God and declare what God's word says about the symptom. Don't wait until you get in the hospital to start saying, well, God, I'm believing for you to heal me. The moment you start sneezing, the moment you start coughing, the moment that that pain begins to come back in your leg, your back, your your hip or wherever, begin to speak and declare God's word over that situation. Because you're a vessel. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Jesus lives in you. How many of you think that Jesus would ever be sick? How many ever think Jesus would be impoverished? Uh, no. How many ever think that Jesus would ever have any lack? No. Then if he is the one that's living on the inside of you, Jesus lives in you. And so therefore you can be like Jesus. Yeah. 
You can live a life. You can have heaven on earth if you under if you have that understanding that you can speak to it. And like I said before, the devil has no rights here on the earth. He has no rights in your life. And you can speak to him and say, devil, I rebuke you. I command you to leave sickness. I command you to go in the name of Jesus and begin to walk in the authority and in the dominion that God has given us. Amen. You have to make a stand against those things. You have to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Somebody say amen. amen. And so you are created for a purpose. Somebody say, I am, I am. Created, for a purpose. created for a purpose. And see, God has a destiny for your life. God has something that he wants you to do. But see, it would be a, a shame for us to have, for God to have a purpose and a plan for our life and yet for it not to be fulfilled because of something that we may have not been following suit of what God wanted us to do. If you've ever bought a new car before, how many of you would just buy a new car and then just park it in your garage and never use it? That would void the point of why you bought the car. You needed the car to do something. You needed it as a vessel to get from point A to point B. You needed it as a vessel to get from home to work. You needed it as a vessel to get from work to home. You needed the car as a vessel to get from home to church and from church to home. Somebody say amen. Amen. To do the things you needed to do. And yet... There are those that have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and yet they they are a vessel, but yet their vessel isn't clean because it's filled up with all these things that choke the word out of their life. And therefore now they wonder, why can't I be used by God? Why isn't God using me? Why aren't these things happening? And see, God wants us to be clean. He wants us to be a clean vessel. Let me read it one more time in the Amplified. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things which are dishonorable, disobedient, sinful, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and set apart for a special purpose. See, Psalms 19, verses 1 and 2 says, Heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky proclaims the work of His hands. The mountains, the seas, and the stars are indeed the whole nature. He declares the glory of God. We are designed to declare the glory of God. It would be sad if creation was not used for its intended purpose. And so God wants us to be used for an intended purpose. The only thing that God purchased He created the heavens and the moons and the stars. He created all of creation. He created it from the beginning and the end. But he purchased the church. He shed his blood. Jesus bore stripes and was died on a cross and was raised on the third day so that he could purchase the church, so that he could purchase you and I with his blood, with the blood sacrifice of Jesus on the altar of sin so that we could be redeemed. And so I say that so that we understand that we don't need to live below what God wants us to live. We can live in a place that God wants us to live. We can do the things that God wants us to do. Somebody say amen. There is a reason that you're here today. There is a reason that Family Worship Center is in Georgetown. It's to bring change to our community, to influence our community for Jesus, to tell others about the living God, to tell them about the goodness of God. How many know it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance? It's the goodness of God. And so it's the goodness of God. And so we need to make sure that we share with others how good God is, how great he is. Have you ever gotten a gym membership, but you didn't use it? You know, sometimes you tell yourself, 
you know, you know, I, man, I'm going to use it every day. I'm going to be there every day. And then after the month of January, usually you stop going. <laughs> and see, sometimes you tell yourself, well, I just don't feel like going. But you know that if you go, your body is going to be healthier. You might might feel like it right then, but after you work out, you're going to feel better. You're going to be re-energized. You're going to, you're going to, your body and you're going to feel better in the natural. And see, it's to your benefit and the benefit and to the benefit of others that God wants you to be a benefit to him and also to benefit others. That he doesn't want you to just take all the blessings and hoard them for yourselves, but he wants to take what he's blessed you with so that you can bless somebody else. That when you've been blessed, you can say, hey, let me bless you today. Hey, let me help you do this. And so we are to be used by God. Our church should fulfill the purpose that was given by God. Our church should fulfill the purpose that God has given us. And we are to be used for his glory and for his honor. I want you to look at this real quickly and look at this. It's interesting. He said this in Isaiah 43, 7. He said, everyone who is called by my name. Whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. God formed you in your mother's womb. God formed you before anyone even knew who you were. God knew who you would be. God formed you, and he prepared you to be a vessel for him. And see, I believe that there is a purpose that you are alive here today. You're not a reincarnation of somebody that was dead and buried from time ago and now you're born again in 2019. No, you are. This is the first time that you are who you are today to help bring in God's end time harvest for the kingdom of God. And out of all of eternity, out of all the time, God decided for you to be born and to be alive right now in this place at this time in 2019. And I believe that we're going to see the end time harvest of Christ and that Jesus is coming back soon. And so as long as you've got breath in your body, as long as you're still alive, don't say, well, it's not time to give up yet. It's not time to give up and put in the towel yet. It's time to keep going and say, God, you blessed me. You blessed me with this many years. What more can I do with the remainder of my life? How can I be more of a vessel for you? And see, just as vessels, vessels can be represent different things, but just as as vessels, like such as a cup are used for drinking, we should be used for our intended purpose of glorifying God. Oftentimes, you think about what sort of vessel we would want to use. You know, it's kind of like this. I always like to think about this. If you are an employee, then ask yourself, if you're believing for a promotion, you're asking God, you're seeking God, ask yourself, what kind of employee would I want to have if I was the employer? See, there are times that we need to look back at ourselves and say, well, if I'm believing for this, if I'm asking for this, we shouldn't be the one that's slacking on the job. We should be the ones that are setting the example that are going above and beyond where God wants us to go. Somebody say amen. We should be the ones that are being the example for others to see that every time that there's a promotion, your name comes up because you're always there. You show up ahead of time. You show up before you're scheduled to be there, and then you stay late so that your employer sees you and says, man, they're putting in some extra work. They're putting in some extra time. I'm, hel- I'm helping somebody this morning. There's one in my notes today. God is the one that he says, do the work as unto the Lord and not as unto men. No matter what you do, do it with excellence as if God is the one that's, because how many know God is the one that's going to bless you? 
God's the one that gave you the ability to get the job that you have now. God is the one that gave you the ability to do the things that you do now. And we ought to thank God and say, God, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. And so one of the first conditions that I think about in the sense of a vessel, the first conditions that I want to encourage you to write this down. If you got your bulletin today, there's a note section on the back is the word proximity. Proximity is a nearness in space, time or relationship. In other words, accessibility and availability. Everybody say accessibility and availability. A vessel that is nearer to the user is more likely to be used. But I love my wife. But to her, gas prices don't mean a thing to her. She could care less. Whatever the gas price is, that must be the gas price it ought, I ought to go to. And she could care less. But for me, I'm the one I'm the one looking on the app and I'm trying to find, okay, how can I get from this point to that gas station to get the cheapest gas in all the area? Then I feel like I got a deal. But there have been times and occasions where when I didn't realize that I was about to run out of gas and I'm driving, my light comes on and I just had to pull in the nearest gas station and fill up with gas. Anybody ever been there before? At that point, I don't care what the gas costs because I don't want to be stranded on the side of the road. I don't want to be walking so I could care less. But see, that's why it's important. See, when you are accessible to God and you're available to God, sometimes to be closer to God, to be accessible in the house of God makes you more available to him so that God can use you. See, God wants you to be more available so that he can use you. You know, I'm going to give a good example. Brother Deshaun was here this morning. He was going to be out of town. He ended up getting here and he said, hey, um, I'm here and he was going to plan to sing, but I needed a drummer. So you know what I said? I said, hey, can you help me drum this morning? And he played the drums until his brother showed up. But see, he was willing and available to fill something that needed to be filled until that moment happened. For example, Justin, I came to him this morning. Justin helped me run sound last week. He wasn't supposed to run sound this week. And some things came up. Somebody couldn't be here. Somebody got sick. Things happened. You know, all those kind of things. I said, hey, buddy, I, I need your help this morning. I need you to help fill in. He said, what do you need me to do? You need me to do this? I said, yes. And see, but see, if what if he wasn't accessible? What if he wasn't available? See, I believe that I wholeheartedly believe that there's going to be a blessing that's tied to his attitude and to his to his willingness to be used by God. All of them. I mean, everyone that when you say, God, I'm available. Pastor, what is it that you need me to do? It's important that what you do when you're available when you say, God, I'm going to commit to your house, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do, and you show up and you say, God, I'm available to be used. Yeah, it makes an impact for God to use you. And I truly believe this because I've seen this happen in my own life. The reason why I'm up here playing the piano and why I've worshipped for all the years and do what I do, is not because I'm the greatest piano player. And it definitely isn't because I'm the greatest singer. You know what? Don't, don't, nobody say, say amen. But... But the point is, is because I was faithful and available to drive from Florence to Georgetown for two years just by myself and drive over just to play the piano. It had nothing to do with my talent. It had to do with my availability and my accessibility. And God blessed me with it. God blessed me for it. Praise God. God's made me a better singer because I've had to sing every Sunday. God's made me a better piano player because I've had to play every Sunday. 
God's made me a better preacher as I preach. Somebody say amen. I'm getting better and better. If somebody were to come in and, and to say, Pastor, I'm available. I want to be used by God. In other words, Pastor, what is it that I can do for the kingdom of God today? What is it that I can do for the kingdom of God tomorrow? How can I, how can I help in the nurseries? How can I help in the children's ministry? How can I bless those kids? Because I truly believe this, that it's important that most kids are going to determine by the age of 12 whether or not they're going to serve Christ for the rest of their life. That's how important celebration is. That's why it's important for us to have our children's ministry every time and to have our kids in the house of God as often as they can be. Accessibility is to be in a convenient place. It must be within a short distance from the user. To be in a convenient place at the time... The convenient place was the the first person that I knew that knew how to run the computer. The first person that I knew that knew how to play a drum. There are times and moments that things and circumstances and I'm not I'm not that come up and things. And sometimes like today was a perfect example for this message because it basically embodies what needed to happen today. But I love this. Look, Look at this. Go with me. How important it is for us to draw near to God. Go with me to James chapter four. James chapter four. Write that down. James chapter four. I don't want you to focus on verse 8, but I want to start in verse 6. James chapter 4 and verse 6. He says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I love that scripture. That's one of my favorite scriptures. God will actually give people more grace. He'll give you more grace. You can actually grow just like you can grow in faith. You can grow in grace. But if I came to you and I said, I need somebody to help me vacuum the stage. Oh, I'm too good to vacuum the stage. You didn't humble yourself. But if you just said, what is it that we can help do? See, it says God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. When you humble yourself and say, you know what, God, whatever it is, wherever it is, however it is that you need God for me to be used, when you humble yourself, God will grace you. God will give you more grace. Then he looks at this. Look at verse seven. It says, therefore, submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, as you resist, then the devil will flee from you. Verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. If you're double-minded and not sure about what God, if God's going to come through to you, then you need to cleanse yourself. You need to purify your double-mindedness. You need to purify your heart and say, no, God, your word is true. I trust you. I rely on you. I depend on you. And I trust you. And I know I'm going to purify my heart and I'm not going to be double-minded. As you draw near to God, then God will draw near to you. God's with you every day, every way, everywhere you go. God's always close by. The problem is, is the most of the time, the reasons why we don't hear him is because we wait till we get in a bad situation to actually turn to him so that we can draw near to him. But you can stay near to him the entire way, the entire time. God, you can stay near to God. The user many times will not bother to use a vessel if it's out of reach, no matter how clean, how pretty, how expensive or how precious it may be. You know, it's kind of like that saying, a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Sometimes something that's now, that you have now, is more important than what you have that you can say, oh, I see that over there. 
That it, I've used this before and I, I kind of use this example. But like I said about me, it's not about my talent. I would rather have someone up here that can be faithful and reliable that I can depend on than to have somebody that can have the best voice in the world. And yet they never show up on time. They never do what they're supposed to do. They never uh, have a good attitude. I'd rather have somebody that's not as talented, but faithful and committed. And I want you to think about that, that God says that the only requirement that he has to be used by God is that a man be found faithful. God's not looking for you to be perfect. He's just looking for you to cleanse yourself in the sense of if you have sin in your life, you need to get that sin out of your life. You know, it's hard to preach about the goodness of God and to preach about God if you've got sin in your life. Because there's going to be something that's convicting you on the inside that while you're saying something and telling somebody else how to live, then you know on the inside you're not living that way. And so you've got to cleanse yourself. But beyond that, when you get close to God and you say, God, I'm available, I'm going to be faithful. And sometimes, you know what the definition of faithful is? Show up. Just show up. Just be there. Show up. And that's my definition of faithful is to show up. And see, accessibility is vital for a vessel to be used. We need to be accessible in our local church. These are, here are five things that, that we talk about here at Family Worship Center that make us ex- uh, accessible to the kingdom of God and to the house of God. Number one is time. I love to say this statement. I love this statement. It says, tis one life that will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ shall last. Not how many footballs touchdowns you scored not how many all these other things what did you do for Christ how did you impact others for Christ number two is talent write that down time number two talent if you won't ever multiply your talent until you start to use your talent where you're at if you said I'm not really good at computers you've got to start where you are to get better at computers If you want to, you know, you've got to start where you are. I didn't start off playing the piano the way I play today. I started off just learning how to play a chord. And then I learned how to put chords together. Resources. Number three, resources. So many of us have so many different resources that we can bring to the table. Number four is abilities. Some of us have abilities to sing. Others don't. I know that sounds hard. Sometimes, sometimes there are people that, you know, I, I've seen, I, I used to see people that, that they were just, they were called to sing and all they could do was sing. And when you heard them sing, sometimes it sounded like somebody scratching a chalkboard. But to them, that was the most beautiful thing in the world. You could not tell them that they cannot sing. Everyone's ability is not going to be the same. That doesn't mean that you cannot be used by God if you can't sing. That just might not be the function that you need to be functioning in. Amen. And lastly, finances. God's word is free, but it costs something to spread the good news. Proximity also means availability. I want you to think about, I want to read the story. I think it's a good one. It says this. One day a man applied for a job as a handyman. So the employer asked him and said, well, can you do carpentry? He said, no, I don't know how to do that. Well, what about bricklaying? The man answered again, no, I don't know how to do that. The employer asked well, what about electrical work? I know you can do some electrical work. He said, no, I don't know anything about electrical. Finally, the employer said, well, tell me what is so handy about you. The man replied, I just live around the corner. 
Sometimes the greatest ability is, for, is, is that we have availability. Is that we are available for God to use us. I'm talking about being used by God. I'm giving you natural principles so that you can see it in the spirit. I want you to know that you've got to be able to be used by God. Just like a convenient place is in great demand, an accessible person and an available person is in great demand. Where you will be in relation to God is essential to being used by him. Let me give you some biblical examples. One is in James chapter 4. We just read, if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. Another one is in Isaiah. And it says that Isaiah was near God in the temple. He was in the house of God where he heard God's call. And he heard, said, he heard God say this, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And because Isaiah was near to God, he could hear God's calling and he could answer and say, here I am, Lord, send me. To be honest, that's one of the ways that I've gotten to be where I am today, to be the pastor that I am today, is because I was available in Florence to be faithful, that I'd had a, a vision and a dream that one day I would be a pastor, but I wasn't trying to pastor my own church. I was fully involved, fully available, fully accessible to what Pastor Steve and Florence needed until the come came that God said, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me to Georgetown. I'm available. But you've got to get to that place. Samuel, another example is in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, talks about when Samuel was lying down and he kept hearing the word of the Lord saying, Samuel, and what did he do? He jump up and he run to Eli and say, Eli, here I am. And finally, Eli said, next time that you hear that, the prophet said, say, Lord, here I am. And see, he was near to God so that he could hear from God and he could be used by God. Because Samuel was near to God, he was used mightily as a prophet of God. Number two is an empty vessel. Proximity was number one. Another one that we need to be to be an honorable vessel is for us to be an empty vessel. You cannot use a cup filled up with something. If something is already filled with something, then you can't use it for what you're intended to use it for. If I had a cup, and let's say the cup was filled with rocks, but I wanted to drink something to drink, I can't use the cup because it's filled with rocks and it's not empty so that I can pour drink in it so that I can have it to be used of what I need it to be used for. See, if a, even if the cup is near you, if it is filled with another substance, you will not use it. Vessels have to be empty if they are to be used by God. How many have ever run a marathon? I've never seen anybody on the bridge to bridge run or, or running in a marathon or running a 5K that they like, okay, let me get my, let me get my 50 pound book bag on and I'm going to start running. Unless they're in the army and they're really trying to like prepare themselves to run or somebody on football or something like that. And they're trying to put extra pads on and extra weight so that they can build muscle. I used to be a swimmer. I used to be on the swim team in high school. And you know what? We tried to make us the slickest, the, the skinniest. The, you put this, this hat on that you got to squeeze your head in and it pulls your hair and it, and it hurts. And I mean, I mean, there's people like, not me, praise God. I didn't ever do this. But people like, I mean, guys be shaving their legs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, like. Really, is shaving your legs going to really take off that much time off of, off of hitting that wall right there? We're in, we're in high school swim team, not in the Olympics, praise God. Now, it might be different if I was in the Olympics. But anyway, I, didn't, I never shaved my legs. But anyway, my point is, is that what do you try to do? You try to shave off every little weight, every little thing that would resist what you're trying to do. See, there may be things, the Bible says this, go quickly with me to Hebrews chapter 12. 
Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says that there are things that there are weights, there are hindrances that God wants us to take off, that God wants us to throw aside. Look at this. If you're with me, Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two, it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Somebody say every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. You know, there are things that can be in someone's life that they can be a weight and not necessarily a sin. For example, growing up, I used to love video games. And I used to play video games. If all I did 24-7 was to play a video game, how many know that, that vid- playing a video game is not sin? But if I, all I did consume my day with nothing but playing video games, then that would be a weight because it's pulling me away from doing what God wants me to do. See, there are things that God wants us to lay aside. He wants us to lay aside weights, to lay aside sin. It goes on to say this, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto who? Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Everybody say, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, Jesus endured the cross so that we didn't have to. Jesus endured the cross so that we could run our race with endurance and lay aside every weight and every sin. Sometimes, you know, it can be a, it can look like this as if some Christians are trying to run so hard for God, but it's as if they got a parachute filled with all kinds of stuff with all these strings attached to them. And they're trying to run with all this baggage that's being carried behind them. Because they weren't willing to turn around and say, I'm going to snip these lines and I'm going to let go of those weights. I'm going to let go of that sin and I'm not going to let it hold me back anymore. Paul said this. He said, this one thing I do, laying aside everything and looking forward into the mark in which God has prepared for me. God wants us to move forward in what he has for us, not to continue to look back.